On this episode of the Advanced Foundations Podcast, Setting the Captives Free will encourage you to use the tools of your own personal freedom to help others experience their own personal victory to be all God has called them to be. Welcome to Setting the Captives Free. This is session three. Uh, Let me do just a quick review here what we're talking about. We believe that Luke 4, 18 and 19 is the ministry of Jesus. This is what he quotes out of Isaiah 61, and this is what he did. Uh, He preached the gospel, he healed the sick, healed the brokenhearted, he cast out demons. He basically set us free, and that's what he came to do. And what we looked at is that the order that he did this was he was water baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him, the Father spoke from heaven, talked about his amazing love for him. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And uh, we've talked about those various things. The last uh, session, we talked about we are all commissioned. We've all been called. We are ambassadors for Christ. And what do we get to do? We get to represent him. So if we're going to do that right and properly, the way it's done is that we have to be filled and, and fully embrace the Holy Spirit. Now, in every one of our equipping series, we talk about the need to be baptized in or with the Holy Spirit. We need His power, Jesus Himself. We'll look at that in a minute. But we need the power of the Spirit in our lives. Uh, We don't need to just, this is not about our strength, not about our power, it's about His power. So it's imperative for us to recognize that we need the power of the Spirit in our lives. Bill Johnson says that the Spirit in me is for me, the Spirit on me is really for others. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus wasn't born again of the Spirit. He was birthed by the Spirit. So Holy Spirit came upon him to empower him. Now I want to give just a little uh, picture here. This is in 1 Corinthians And this is chapter 10. Again, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn there. This is a passage of Scripture that I think pretty well explains what we're talking about here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. Verse 2, they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now, think about this. It said they were all under the cloud, and they passed through the sea. They were baptized into Moses, the cloud, and the sea. Three different things there. And what we're talking about here is that we need to be born again. I mean, we need that baptized into Moses as a type of Christ. We need to be born again. They were baptized in the sea. Well, that's a type of water baptism. And baptized in the cloud is a type of the Holy Spirit. We need all three. We don't need just one or the other. We need all three. We need the power of God in our lives. Again, it's not about our power We talked about last session about how it's his love that motivates us. It's his love that he wants us to release. But it's how we release it by the Spirit. When you think about what Jesus did, we've already gone through this in Luke 3, uh, 22. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. Uh, And then we read in Luke 4, 18 and 19, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. This was the pattern. This is what he's called us to do. And then when you think about 
Everything that he's called us to do, he said, okay, Acts 1.8, he says, now guys, don't go. Though he already commissioned them to go, don't go until you're endued with power from up on high. Why? Because he modeled for us the same thing. It's not about our strength. It's about his anointing. And so he recognized also, he patterned it for us. He said, look, I can do all these things, but it's a spirit on me that I'm going to release this ministry to you. And if we're going to be effective ministers of Luke 4, 18 and 19, we've got to do the same thing he did. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. Again, it's not about my skill. It's not about my power. It's not about me. It's about him. It's all about him. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. So in Acts chapter 1, verse uh, 3 through 8, you can read it, but I mean, it's the same. He told us, he goes, guys, you've heard about the promise, but what's that? The promise John talked about being baptized, I'm talking about being baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So don't go until you've received the power of the Spirit. Because if you're going to do my ministry, you've got to do it my way. And my way is that I was empowered by the Spirit. And so, same thing. So you go through Acts. The Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. Holy Spirit was poured out upon those, and ultimately, the 120 in the upper room. There was such a, a power encounter that literally 3,000 souls and probably more than that because there were heads of household were saved that day. Uh, Acts chapter 8, we have the Samaria receiving the word of God. It said they received the word of God, they were baptized, <clears throat> but they had not yet received the Holy Spirit, not yet fallen upon them. Now, I encourage you to go read these passages. The apostles came down, laid hands upon them. The Holy Spirit came upon them. Acts chapter 10, we have Cornelius and Jesus, uh, Peter going to Cornelius' house. He's sharing with them about the gospel and telling what has happened. And the Holy Spirit just fell on them. And he said they began to speak in tongues. And Peter said, okay, well, I, I mean, they got the same gift we have. I'm going to baptize them. And of course, he had to explain himself because it's like, what are the Gentiles doing? Well, you know, it's just what... God wanted from the beginning. He wants all people to come to know him. Acts 19, where Paul goes into Ephesus, he finds some disciples and he said, have you received the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, what Paul would do, he'd go into these areas and he would find if there were some people gathered in called the way. They weren't called Christians at that point in time, but they find some and they said, yeah, there's some of those people down there, down by the river. Well, when he was with them a little while, he knew something was missing. And he said, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they go, we've never even heard about the Holy Spirit. He goes, then what were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. He goes, ah, okay, I know where you are now. John baptized people looking forward to this Messiah coming, which he has come. He explained that to them, said they were baptized in Christ, and then he laid hands upon them. Holy Spirit came upon them. So all of this is really for us. He wants us to be empowered. That was what he modeled for us, and he wants us to continually be led, filled with the Holy Spirit. So I want to take just a moment now, uh, wherever you are, because here's the real issue. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. People say, well, you know, do I really need that? Yes, you do. 
You need the power of the Spirit. I don't know what you call it, but you need to have an encounter with the living God by the Spirit of God that does just exactly what happened to me. Changed my life. Changed my wife's life. Uh, We were good church people. We attended church. Read my Bible. Uh, I grew up in church. But I'll tell you, when the Holy Spirit came upon my life, changed my life. And I explained to people, I said, it's like I grew up watching an old black and white TV, and it wasn't very good either. And it was staticky, and the sound wasn't very good. And so what happened after the baptism of the Holy Spirit in my life, it was like all of a sudden I'm watching a flat screen, technicolor, a round sound, surround sound, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's not that the picture changed, it's just just exploded. And everything in my life came like that. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about receiving the power of the Spirit. Uh, first and foremost, the Spirit is given to us so that we can be and live who God wants us to be. But He's also given to us to empower us to do the work of ministry. This is key. Now, we need to know His love, and we need to be motivated by love. But we've got to have the power of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit changes everything. It shifts us into, it shifts us out of all about me into really being used to bring forth the kingdom of God. So Father, we love you and bless you. I pray, Lord, for all of us that not only would would you baptize us with the Holy Spirit and power, but Lord, for all of us who have been baptized in the Spirit, Lord, help us to be continually filled. Help us to yield our life to you, Holy Spirit and help us to be used of you. We want to be used. We want to see your kingdom come. We want to see lives changed. We want to see people saved and healed and delivered. We want to see the kingdom advance, and we want to see people snatched right out of the hands of the devil. We want to see people that are empowered, and Lord, they literally are set free, and they then are empowered to go and set others free. But Lord, we need you. We need you, Holy Spirit. So we just say, Lord Jesus, baptize us. Baptize us fresh. Baptize us with a fresh anointing. Wow, we need you. Forgive us when we've done anything and not relied upon you. But we yield our lives. We yield our thoughts. We yield our body to you. We say, come Holy Spirit. Fill us from the tip of our toes to the top of our head. Lord, I I release control of of my physical being, my tongue, my mind, I yield it to you. Lord, I want every gift. I want, I want to operate in, in everything that you've got. I want to be filled to the fullness to overflow and so that I can be who you've called me to be and do what you've called me to do. Wow, Lord, we love you. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, anoint us. Anoint us so that we can do the work that you've called us to do. Lord, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Now, not through yet, I want to continue on talking about the Holy Spirit. This is out of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, and, it, and I'd have it in the manual from verse 1 through 11, but I'm just going to start reading in verse 4. This says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are differences diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Now, let me just stop there, make a comment. There are the gifts of the Father, the gifts of the Son, and gifts of the Spirit. Uh, 
God is one. He's not three, but there are different aspects of that. The gifts of the Father, which out of Romans uh, chapter 12, I believe are called, we call them motivational gifts. It's basically how God wires us. He, we come pre-wired. We see things. We, we're motivated. That's called motivational gifts. We, we see things and motivated the way God wired us. We don't need to fight it. We need to just understand it. Some are mercy motivated, some are black and white. Some see things, want to encourage people. Others are teachers and others are different things. They're different gifts. He equips us that way. The gifts of the Son, I believe, are found in 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and Ephesians 4, 11. These are people gifts. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, are given for the equipping of the saints. They're given so that we can grow up. They're given so that we can be stable and secure in Christ. And these are people gifts. You can't make yourself to be something. They're gifts given by Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit is given, it's also given gifts. And so it goes on to say here, uh, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. That's interesting. So these, these are manifestations, and what it means is just they, they come alive. They, they're revealed to us, each one for the profit of all. The purpose of all of God's gifts is not about me. It's about Him. So He wants to equip us. He wants to anoint us. He wants to cause us to come into relationship with Him, literally be clothed with power upon high to do what? to go represent him. He wants us to be out there laying hands on the sick and, and being his representative. That's what an ambassador is called. That's what he wants us to do. It's not about me. It's not about operating gifts. It's not about anything. It's nothing to do with me. It's about him. So here they are, the word of knowledge through the same spirit, word of wisdom through the same spirit, a faith, same spirit, to gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So what I want to do in the time we have remaining here, I want to talk about these gifts because these are the tools of our ministry. Uh, these are not badges. Uh, none of these are operating because we're good people. They operate by faith. You have to believe that God wants to use you and that God operates these gifts by faith. They're not operation, operational because you're such a good person. Uh, you can practice and practice and practice, and we do need to improve how we deliver these gifts, but they're gifts. He gives them to us. Basically, three major categories, revelation gifts, Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. That means that just all of a sudden you know something. They're power gifts, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles. That requires action and seeing something change. And utterance gifts or prophecy, different kinds of tongues and interpretation of these tongues. Now, how do these work? Well, they work by the Spirit. First uh, Corinthians chapter uh, 2, verse 12 through 14 says, Now we've received not the Spirit of the world, but we've received the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, 
for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. So the gifts of the Spirit operate through us. And again, it's because God knows exactly what's going on and he wants us to release these gifts to help people. Um, we've done an entire series on hearing God. And it's important for us to recognize that a lot of times we see things, we hear things, uh, we have impressions, we have feelings, we get scriptural references, we have dreams and visions, all these ways that God speaks to us are how these gifts operate. Sometimes you just, wow, you just know something. So I want to take a little time here, walk through these. The first of these revelatory gifts is the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is divine insight that reveals the will of God for a specific situation. You know, more than likely, you're watching this right now, you probably have operated in word of wisdom and didn't even realize it. Now, what I don't want us to do is to run around and go, that's the word of wisdom, or that is the word of knowledge. No, let's just live and be who God created us to be. But a word of wisdom is basically just you can know how to respond or answer to something, but you didn't previously know how to do that. Uh, you think about Jesus, Matthew 22. He knew how to respond to the Pharisees, asking whether or not he was lawful for them to pay taxes to Caesar. He said, show me a coin. And they go, okay. Whose inscription's on it? Caesar. Okay, render Caesar what's Caesar, render God what's God. It's like, wow, where do you get that? The word of wisdom. He knew that how to respond to the woman caught in adultery in John 8. Remember, Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. He only said what he heard him say. So basically, this is a, this is a divine spiritual gift that he gives to us so many times in just everyday practical application. How we live, how we deal with our children, our spouses, how we work and do various things. And especially when we're praying with people, a lot of times God will just drop a, a verse. You'll just go, oh, wow. Boom. And you'll go, wow, that was pretty profound. Yeah, it's a spirit. That's what God wants to do. He wants to use us. We've got to learn how to be sensitive to his prompting. Word of knowledge is another one. Word of knowledge is the revelation of facts or knowledge that is humanly impossible to know. This is not looking for sin, by the way, guys. This is not looking for evil stuff. Jesus in John 14, remember he's talking to the woman at the well? They're talking about water, drawing water out of the well. And, I'm, you know, how do you get this water that you don't have to come here and draw? And Jesus says to the woman, he said, uh, I can tell you've been married five times. The man you're with now is not your husband. He goes, uh-oh, now we're dealing with something. We, we've changed the subject here. Uh, she recognized this by the spiritual implication of that word of knowledge that, wow, something greater is here that there must be a prophet. That changes everything. He didn't know that. He could not have known that. That's a word of knowledge. John 11 is where Jesus is going to pray for um, Lazarus. And they say, well, okay, well, Lazarus get well if he's sick. He is no, actually he's dead. How do you know that? Word of knowledge. They're all throughout Scripture. Now, word of knowledge is given to help, again, free somebody, to share with somebody when you're talking with somebody, and all of a sudden a word of knowledge comes up, but what about Fred? Fred? What about Fred? Well, you got an issue with Fred? You know, sometimes that unlocks someone and so you need to forgive Fred. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I thought I had, or maybe I've ignored that. That 
type of revelation helps free people. And a lot of times we want to, we just, we don't, we ignore things. Well, the Holy Spirit doesn't ignore things. So that's how it could be used there. Discerning of spirits. This is the ability, the divine ability to recognize or identify the spirit or spirits working in a person, activity, in a place, includes angels and demons. Now, this is not talking about a gift of discernment. I have people say, I have a gift of discernment. There really isn't such a thing. Now, what they're saying is they have the ability to discern a lot, and that's good. But a lot of times, a gift of discernment can easily be uh, judging. We're naturally looking at things or judging according to what we think. But discerning of spirits is exactly what it means, discerning of spirits. Have you ever walked into a store or walked into a place and immediately just like, ooh, what is that? That... You're picking up the spiritual climate that's in that place. You can pick that up at home. You can pick that up when you walk into various things. And you can also walk into a place and go, whoa, man, this is great. So discerning of spirits is much more than just that. Uh, Jesus knew when they were demonic spirits and he cast them out. So this is important for us to recognize again. This is an operation by the Spirit. We're not running around looking for something. We're not looking for demons behind every bush. We're just being sensitive to the Spirit. These are normal operations. The next ones are, are really the power gifts. It's faith, gift of faith, the God-given ability to believe God in a supernatural way. It's faith that, sur- that surpasses a person's normal level of faith. You just believe. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood, she goes, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. Got lots of examples in Scripture. So this is, again, the power gift of releasing something. Uh, sometimes you just believe. And we need to expect that to draw, the Spirit just drops that in for us to believe, for us to release his kingdom. Gifts of healing. Interesting, that's plural. The gifts of healing, remember Jesus told all of his disciples to heal the sick. He didn't, every one of them, uh, the one at the end of Mark, remember it said that these signs will follow those who believe, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Obviously, everybody's not healed, but, the, but this is a gift of the Spirit that has to do with, let's pray for people. If you never pray for people, they're not going to get healed. But if you pray for people, they might get healed. So we need to believe for gifts of healing to be released through his body. Jesus obviously healed all who came to him. And you've got to see the example there. But God wants us to be willing to be his representatives. You know, what happens if they do get healed? Wouldn't that be great? I mean, it's not us. We're not healers. He's the healer, but he wants us to be a conduit to release his gifts of healing. Same thing with working of miracles. That's also plural. So there are lots of miracles. This is his power beyond ordinary course of natural law. Funny thing is, is that uh, we live in such a, uh, I say it in in such a natural realm, uh, we've nearly eliminated miracles. You read the Bible and the Bible is full of miracles, full of all kinds of things that are happening. I mean, just, but, but we sometimes read it and we take out all of that. But he wants us to recognize it. He wants us to be a conduit to release working of miracles. Now, prophecy, this is an <clears throat> interesting deal because God wants us to speak to other people. 
but we have to be careful. 1 Corinthians 14 tells us that prophecy should be uh, encouragement, edification, and comfort to people. He's not interested in us just foretelling what's going to happen. He wants us to be a blessing. See, the whole point, Jesus was a blessing. He wants us to be a blessing to people. Prophecy, uh, different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues, I believe is really primarily in a congregational setting when people are given the different gifts and operation in that way. It says if they're interpreted properly, then it has the same power as prophecy. My point of sharing these is not to try to go into deep detail on everything that's happening here. My point on sharing this is that how much we need the anointing of the Spirit in our lives and how much we need to trust the Spirit, developing an intimacy with the Spirit so we can be used. It's not your strength. It's the power of the Spirit. So what I want to do in closing, I want to pray for us. And I want to pray that God would help us to, we prayed earlier about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to ask him to help us to cooperate with the Spirit. How to develop an intimacy with the Spirit of God so that we can be used, readily available to be used. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you so much for your amazing love. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live in us, that you empower us, and that you guide us and direct us. And I ask, Lord, that your manifestations would be released to us and through us so we could be used to bring forth your kingdom. We will see people saved, healed, delivered, basically set free. The same thing that you did. We want to be used in the same way. So we just say, come, Holy Spirit, anoint me. Use me. Now ask him yourself. Submit yourself to him. Holy Spirit, come. I yield myself to you. I ask you to anoint me. I ask you to fill me. I ask you to use the manifestations of the Spirit to each one of us for the profit of all. Lord, help us to be used of you. Wow. There's no greater joy than to help people get free to see people that get delivered, saved, filled with your presence. So, Father, I pray for all of us that you'd help us to be a people that are yours. That, Lord, we're the vessels that you could use. Fill us, anoint us, and help us, Holy Spirit, to be sensitive to you, to your promptings. Lord, we love you, we bless you, and we just thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, connect to jterrymore.org.